Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to our first webinar and podcast episode for 2021. Um, as always, I'll just do a quick reminder if you would like to ask questions. If you're joining us live and you, today you have the opportunity to ask a question at any time, just enter it into the Q&A function on your Zoom control panel and that will be answered at the end of the session. If you're viewing the recording or listening to the podcast later and would like to ask a question, feel free to contact us directly at smithinc.com. Um, I'm now going to hand over to David Smith, Smith Inc. Director, who has been joined today with a guest speaker, Ron Phipps Alice of Evolve Super, who will be presenting this session, What's Your SMSF Audit Plan? Over to you, David. Thanks, Andrea. Um, good, uh, happy new year to everybody. It's uh, hard to believe we're into 2021 already. Uh, it's nice to see Queensland deciding to join the rest of the country again for a few days at least. So uh, it is a strange world in which we live, isn't it? Um, this webinar is really about this whole issue of uh, uh, SMSF Auditor Independence, which I suspect many of you are aware of, uh, and I think it's uh, that's why I thought it was worthwhile to have Ron uh, join me on this uh, on this webinar because uh, it's good to hear from somebody who's at the coalface who's dealing with these issues every day, and uh, we'll have um, uh, an interesting perspective. So um, just a quick recap, and I'm sure most of you know all about this already. Um, uh, SMSF audits now, um, uh, the ATO is introducing independence rules which uh, effectively stop firms from auditing their own funds. Um, I've just listed on the screen here, you know, what, what is being said that independence is not achieved if a firm or a network firm assumes responsibility for an audit. Um, it's important that that, that networked firm issue is, um, is pondered by some of you because some of you sit inside um, loose or more formal networks and you'd need to determine whether or not um, that, uh, that might actually uh, create a problem. Um, a lot of firms were putting, um, uh, thought that they were getting a get out of jail free card with this um, concept of um, a routine and mechanical um, the more that that has been uh, investigated, the more um, most people have concluded that that really isn't a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's, it's, in fact, very hard to do um, the accounting and admin of a fund um, on purely a routine mechanical basis because there's other things that come into play. Uh, and there is a variety of other things that might affect independence, and I'm just uh, referring you to um, the... Uh, professional eth ethical standards, um, 305 and 110, those two standards, which both refer to independence. And I think um, it would be well worthwhile if you're going into a new arrangement in respect of your self-managed super fund audits that you have a quick um, browse through those standards to see whether what you're trying to put in place will, will be satisfactory. And as I said, the practical effect is that if firms are doing the accounting or admin, it's um, very difficult, if not impossible, to continue to do the SMSF audits. Um, the ATO announced only a week or so ago that they're publishing a detailed guidance about this in March um, of this year. So um, hopefully we'll get uh, even uh, a more prescriptive uh, assessment from the ATO about how they'll go about looking at this. Um, you know, but one needs to ponder some of the 
potential issues that, that sit here. Um, you know, you can get trapped on this independence issue very quickly without uh, realising that uh, you've actually breached it. And a good example would be that let's assume um, uh, a firm does uh, uh, out outsource its um, uh, its uh, self-managed super fund audits, but as part of that, some of the funds of the um, uh, partners of the accounting firm are in that grouping. There's a, a view that that could impact the uh, the independence um, because of those those funds being um, part of what's being outsourced. Um, secondly, if you're uh, outsourcing the self-managed super fund audits to um, a smaller audit business, um, there is a danger that the independence could be threatened because. The uh, you, the amount of the work that you're giving that or that smaller audit business is substantial and could affect the independence of that business. Even things like outstanding debts between the um, independent audit firm and the accounting firm referring could um, again threaten um, independence. So a lot of those those three examples and many many more sit inside those ethical standards. And so it's really worthwhile that you have a good, good wander through those ethical standards and get an understanding of what it's what they're about. Now, some of you would have read uh, and uh, or seen the publicity that a number of organisations are setting up uh, arrangements um, to allow pooling or client exchange arrangements. Some of these are, are larger firms getting together to create a a pooling type arrangement, and essentially what this means is firms are dumped, uh, funds are dumped into a pool, uh, and then uh, they they're then allocated to firms within uh, the arrangement, who then uh, will do the independent audits. Um, so the the theory is that that um, can get around um, these uh, independence rules, but one needs to be incredibly careful about how these arrangements are set up so that uh, the independence uh, is, uh, is okay. Um, you know, as, as one example, um, if the overriding intention of the arrangement is retention of fees, um, some people have said that, that in itself could threaten the independence. Um, you know, the cooperative itself could become a network. Uh, and then the network itself will threaten the independence. So it's it's really really important that um, if you are looking at any of these pooling client exchange arrangements, that you go through the process of really ticking all the boxes relating to independence. A good example is um, where maybe expertise is pooled that. Um, the auditor is accessing expertise from one source. All of the auditors in the pool are using the same pool of expertise. That could um, be regarded as Im impacting independence. Um, perhaps there could be higher ATO scrutiny of these arrangements. Who knows? Possibly. Um, uh, and, and the smaller arrangements are going to need somebody independent to... Uh, determine who's auditing what funds, because if the if it's a smaller arrangement and the accounting firms themselves are doing that allocation, well then 
that could impact the independence uh, of the entire arrangement. So it's an interesting concept. It, it may well work in some circumstances, but if you're looking at going down this road, you need to do all of your homework and ensure all the boxes are ticked to, um, so that you don't fall foul of, um, of what the independence rules are saying needs to be done. The other aspect which I think is uh, interesting here is that many firms are sort of concerned, rightly, that one of the downsides of um, all of this is that um, the fees that they're earning out of um, doing uh, SMSF audits um, could evaporate. And that's one of the drivers of those firms going into these sort of pooling type arrangements. I think the point that needs to be very strongly made is that auditing funds of other firms may be a completely different scenario to auditing the funds which were in your firm. If you're auditing funds in your own firm, you're really quite au fait with um, how the firm does things. It's pretty consistent um, in, in, in its treatment of things. So therefore, the audit um, can be streamlined because the, the, there's this level of consistency. If you're starting to do audits of funds from different firms, um, there may be things like investments that uh, are more uncommon. Um, some firms may be doing more limited recourse borrowing arrangements than others. Um, some firms are using a variety of admin platforms or no admin platform, <coughs> or they're using the admin platform in a way that um, you may not be used to. Um, I think pricing is going to be very interesting in, in um, things like these pooling arrangements or, or where firms are starting to audit um, funds of other firms um, because there'll be pricing inconsistencies that need to be managed and worked through um, so that um, uh, you know, everybody's happy with the arrangement. Um, there'll be different documentation standards. Uh, some, some firms have... Uh, document what they're doing with their SMSFs better than others um, and will have more source documents than others. Um, the delivery timeframes could be an issue as well, <coughs> excuse me, uh, because um, some firms may be highly efficient, able to turn these things around quickly. Others may, um, may be a lot slower. And consistently, consistency in terms of audit queries being, <coughs> excuse me, generated and, and uh, how the process might work to get those audit clear, queries cleared. So all of those are a summary of some of the issues that need to be pondered in respect of trying to uh, determine whether or not it is something you actually even want to do because if it's um, more difficult doing these audits, perhaps the profitability is not going to be there like it was before. Uh, and so therefore, um, perhaps the resources that you're using in your own firm might be better deployed to do something else. And you just outsource the audits themselves. <coughs> if you're in a situation where you are considering outsourcing the audit to um, a third party, 
you need to have a good little checklist of things to think about in terms of who you might choose to be your SMSF auditor. You firstly, and these are, these are just some of my points, but I think there'll be a raft of other points that may well emerge too. But firstly, experience and expertise is clearly critical. If you've, you want to make certain that your auditor has got the experience to deal with a wide variety of funds that are out there and the investments that are out there, and they're using contemporary best audit practice as well um, so that um, those audits are done efficiently, effectively, uh, and um, uh, properly. Um, there's a, there is an um, economy of scale that comes into play with self-managed super fund audits because they're, they're relatively generic um, in, in how they sort of operate and the platforms they use with some exceptions, but as a general principle, they are. So the larger the operation is of the self-managed super fund auditor, they can actually scale up their processes and systems to be able to be highly efficient and do these things far more um, in, in far less time, taking less hours, lower cost, uh, and be able to and, and still produce a highly efficient and effective service. So it is a it is an industry where scale does come into play. Um, and, and also the other benefit of being a scaled business is that if you're outsourcing your audit to um, a small organization which might be just one or two people, you're highly reliant on those one or two people should, they uh, be unable to continue doing the work or uh, they have some issue, um, whereas the larger organisations obviously had that spread of labour to be able to deal with that. You also need um, SMSF auditors who have a really good, strong understanding of class BGL, um, and which are the two main platforms, obviously, and any of the other platforms that are out there that these funds might be sitting on. Um, because the more the auditor understands those platforms, um, the more efficient they can be. So um, I'd be looking for that. And then lastly, which we'll talk to Ron a bit um, later about, is that some of the um, self-managed super fund providers, including Evolve, have really developed um, their own software platform to take the efficiency of doing the audit to a new level, um, such as grabbing the data directly off the classes and the VGLs of the world, um, automatically highlight key issues, um, create an efficient communication platform between um, the auditor um, and the uh, referring accounting firm to get queries dealt with and the like. All of those things are really important issues and will create a significant benefit um, for the um, referring accounting firm to have this uh, audit business which is highly efficient and doing it doing a good job so I think um, having that little checklist there uh, and as I say that's just a summary I suspect there's more items as well which Ron might talk to um, that we uh, need to ensure are in place if we are selecting an auditor. Um, there are a couple of sort of side issues relating to all of this as well. Um, given that a lot of firms may be ceasing to do these audits, 
there is a bit of a question which uh, none of us can answer right at the moment, but um, some people are concerned that perhaps we may struggle to um, find sufficient numbers of SMSF auditors to pick up all the firms that need to be outsourced. So um, that says that to me, because there is a potential for this risk, perhaps you should be making your decisions about what you're doing here sooner rather than later so that you're not left out in the cold if something uh, if, if there is a supply problem. Uh, and then lastly, some firms who are looking to outsource are thinking themselves of what's going to happen with my current people who are currently doing my SMSF audits. Um, and, um, you know, there's, there's a couple of questions here. One is, can we de redeploy them to something else in our business where they can uh, earn uh, the same, if not more, profit? Um, and secondly, there are some of the um, SMSF audit businesses, which um, uh, because of their growth that they're getting out of this independence issue, um, will be looking to um, uh, determine whether or not they can actually take some of that staff as well. So that's another reason to really be starting to ponder this sort of sooner rather than later, in my opinion. Now, um, there is um, a, a variety of things that you really need to be looking at. I've already mentioned eight, uh, APES 110 and 305. Um, the APES board also um, produced in May 2020 an independence guide. Um, and, and again, that should be read uh, in conjunction with those other two documents. And then, of course, we've got in March the ATO's um, document coming out. So... Uh, making certain that people are familiar with all of this um, is, a, is a really critical thing. What I'd like to do now is, um, is invite Ron Fipsellis into the equation just to um, recap. Ron is the founder and um, chief executive officer of Evolve Super Audits. Um, Evolve has been auditing SMSFs uh, forever. Um, and uh, or is one of the larger providers in the space. And I think Ron's um, uh, impressions of these issues um, would be worthwhile to everybody. G'day, Ron. How are you? Oh, hello, David. <coughs> Thank, thanks for inviting me today. That's all right. Now, Ron, we've got a number of your competitors are out there which are establishing these pooling um, client exchange services. Um, you haven't gone down this road. What, what's, where's your thinking? Well, um, it's the uh, it's the the lack of consultation um, from the ATO into the audit profession and the um, the delay in 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 the release of the more specific details uh, up until March, as you mentioned before, it, it's creating some uncertainty in the industry. Um, it will be it'll be interesting to see how successful the pooling will be for some of the smaller firms. Um, Given the increasing litigation risks and the low audit fees in the market, um, I really question if, if they should be continuing in, in the area. Um, if the, the other issue to consider is that if the arrangement doesn't work um, with the auditor that they've chosen, it's going to be very disruptive to the firms to, to keep changing um, their, their audit providers. Um, what I have been doing in the background is um, I've been personally facilitating um, uh, some firms with large volumes of audits um, to create these new referral relationships amongst themselves. Um, 
the feedback that I've received so far is that um, it's the relationship um, between the audits, auditors themselves, which is crucial in really trying to get to know each other and to trust each other. They're, they're the two fundamental pieces that as auditors we've experienced in, in the past is, is the relationship is the key. Um, as you mentioned, David, um, we'll, uh, we're working on a checklist um, that we're preparing at the moment, which we'll release in the next couple of weeks. Um, it'll it'll try to give some um, some some structure around um, how to assess um, the selection process of an auditor, which which I think is going to be be very um, helpful and and necessary in the process. Thanks, Ron. Um, the the other big point that I mentioned in respect of selecting an auditor. It was the issue around systems and processes and how efficient that auditor can be. Evolve spent a fair bit of dosh um, creating your own software platform. Do you want to give us give us a bit a bit of a heads up on um, what efficiencies you're getting out of that and what uh, what your objectives are? Sure. Um, so at Evolve we do audits in in scale, um, but our model um, has also been to provide. Um, products and services to other audit firms themselves. So um, we, we are interacting uh, with our colleagues in the industry. We, we, the industry is so big, we, we don't see it as any need to be competitive. So um, uh, quite a few years ago, we started licensing our own super audit software uh, to other auditors themselves. Um, our aim has been to try to automate the, um, in the entire audit process wherever possible. Um, we're, we're, we continue to push those boundaries. Um, but when you're doing audits in scale, you, you really do need this robust audit software. Um, what's really important in the, in, in the process is to, um, is, is to maintain quality right throughout each and every audit. Um, you need to achieve efficiency. The, the real key as well is, is getting consistency between the audits so you're not asking different questions on, on the um, similar issues. Um, and you need to be able to um, assess um, where the risk is in that fund. And that assessment is critical to do it upfront in, in, in the process and automate it. Yeah. And, and Ron, you've been thinking about this issue uh, as well in terms of um, moving the, the use of your software back into the accounting firms in the work papers area and, and what I think you've termed a sort of a pre-audit environment. Yes, that, that, that's right, David. Um, having gone as far with um, the super audit software as we can, we're actually just waiting on technology to catch up with, with us a bit, particularly around the data feeding um, components of non-listed investments. Um, what we've done in, in the meanwhile is we've developed an um, a SMSF accountant's work paper slash pre-audit product, which we'll release in quarter two of this year. Um, similar to the audit software, we've focused on automating the production of the accounting work papers, which um, our feedback is that it takes quite a long time um, for the accountants to go and prepare a separate work papers model um, ready for the manager or partner review. But the most important um, and powerful functionality that we've built into the software um, on the work papers is predict the audit issues. Uh, which are most likely to arise um, prior to submitting that fund um, to the auditor. Um, this should significantly reduce the audit queries um, 
and reduce the frustrations and increase the profitability uh, between the accountants and the auditors. And, and this is where I see products similar to this um, will be a major benefit um, once pooling does come into, in, into life. Because at the end of the day, from an audit perspective, you really want as much information as possible and as few, fewer queries as possible to do the audit efficiently. And I, that's really what you're trying to achieve with this product. Is that right? That, that, that's correct. Um, you know, the, the most frustrating um, event that can happen is um, where the accountant is being asked a question by the auditor, which could be avoided um, if everything was as automated as, as possible. Mm. Um, Ron, if we go back to the sort of um, items, I'll just go back on the screen here, of, of choosing an SMSF auditor. Is there any other comments you'd like to make about that? Um, look, it is a very important um, uh, piece of, of work that, that um, you just can't afford to, to get it wrong, as, as I mentioned earlier. Um, the relationship is key to that process. Um, but the other point that um, I just wanted to, to pick up on that you mentioned earlier was that um, um, in the larger firms that we, that we are um, in discussions with, um, we're being increasingly asked if uh, we're able to recruit um, some of the, um, the more senior auditors inside those, those larger firms who just can't be redeployed or just want to continue on in, in SMSF audit. And um, we're, we're finding that as um, being a real bonus um, to our senior audit team, given the growth that um, we're, we're expecting over the next couple of years. Yeah. Um, any other observations, Ron? Uh, I could go on forever, David, but um, I'm just conscious of, yeah. of your time. Yeah, we might uh, we might move it to questions. I think you know just to try and pull that together in a bit of a summary is that it's it's important that you start making decisions about this now, that you don't delay because um, it may take some time to ensure that you're ticking all the boxes in respect of independence um, that you're able to find a provider that doesn't get maxed out because there's, an, there's a danger that the industry could get maxed out. And if you need to have staff redeployed or, or um, work out a solution in respect of staffing, you know, once again, you're better off to try and do that um, uh, first off. So, you know, the, the big conclusion here is don't, uh, don't dilly-dally, um, start to put your plans in place and I would suggest that you should be um, exploring multiple options here. Just don't go down one road thinking it's the, might, the right road. You might want to explore um, a pooling or a, a client exchange arrangement, um, but equally I'd be wanting to explore an outsource arrangement as well to really understand the pros and cons of both approaches. So... I hope that that's been of a help. What we might do now, Andrew, is hand it over to see if there's any questions for Ron or I. Great, thanks, guys. Uh, just a reminder, everybody, just if you do have any questions that you'd like to answer, um, to be answered now, just type them into the Q&A function. I'm just going to check now, and I'll read those out for you, and David and um, Ron can answer for you. I'll just give it a couple of moments just to see if anything's coming. And this session is being recorded, so um, that will be... Um, available online later this afternoon and we'll email you a copy of that and obviously the podcast will be available this afternoon as well. Everybody's very quiet at the moment. 
No questions coming through. I'll just give it a couple of moments. It's probably a good thing we've answered them all, Andrew. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. And of course, yeah. um, if you think of questions afterwards, just please feel free to email us directly or um, you know, contact us through the website, smithink.com. Yeah, and I'm sure um, if you want to... Um, go to Evolve and ask Evolve to how they can help. Mon, we'd be del delighted to talk to you about that as well. Seems all of the questions right. have been answered already, okay. so that's great. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you for your attention. And uh, as Andrea said, this will be up on our podcast platform uh, for you to be reviewed at a later time. Uh, appreciate um, your involvement, but please get on and determine your plan in respect of these SMSF audits. Thanks very much. Look forward to talking to you next time. Great. Thanks, David. Thanks, Ron. Thank you.